Hi, and welcome to this week's episode of What's Going On. I'm Pastor Katie here at First United Methodist in Yankton, South Dakota, and I'm glad you can join me for this episode. Now, I'm going to warn you that uh, I'm going to be talking about some financial things, uh, realities in the life of the church, um, which is a really going to be a useful message for those who are members of the church. Um, and so I want you to uh, take some time to listen to this podcast uh, and consider the things that I'm saying um, prayerfully um, and know that uh, God is with us in all of this. But we are facing realities that are not unique to us, um, that are realities that are, I think are facing, a lot of churches are facing, uh, particularly post-COVID and in the midst of our denominational strife. Um that we have not been immune to, and that is um, the loss of people in the church, and that also includes then the loss of their generosity to the church and what that means for our bottom line. Um, we talked this fall about uh, stewardship and giving, and we put out there uh, for the church to, to do an estimate of giving, or we call it pledging as well, um, to let us know, and when I say us, I mean the leadership team of the church, um, so that when we look to the budget for 2024, we can be faithful in the budgeting process and what um, we are able to do uh, for ministry and mission in the world uh, in a faithful manner. Um, I want to give you a little history before I kind of talk about what I'm going to talk about. So um, in the past, uh, this church has been uh, very blessed in that there have been years where we have had excess amounts of money come in above and beyond what the expenditures for the church were in a given year. And the leadership of the church at that time were very forward thinking and put that money away um, into um, endowments into the Dakota's foundation um, to be earning interest uh, so that uh in future years, when things were not so um, bountiful, uh, we would have some cushion. Uh, we are now using some of that cushion in order to meet our operating budget. Um, it has been the practice for quite a while that um, when the leadership team or church council prior to that uh, would look at the proposed um, expenditures for a coming year and see what the in the proposed income would be, that there would be a gap, uh, but that there would be an understanding that that throughout the year gifts would come in that would cover at least the majority of that gap. Um, in the last the last year for 2023. Um, what was passed as a budget for 2023, um, the expenditures uh, were about $54,000, projected to be about $54,000 more than what um, we could uh, estimate would come in. Uh, but knowing that we had reserves, hoping that you know we wouldn't maybe use everything that we were projected to use, um, that that amount would be less. It is true that it is, uh, we're going to end the year not $50,000 um, in the in the hole, but uh, closer to 30000 And that has a lot to do with um, our staff and our leadership 
um, being very frugal um, in what they spent over the year. Um, and so that's that's really good. <clears throat> but that's still 30,000 that's going to be coming out of our um, money that's been put away in the foundation to cover this year. And we still have money left there. However, this is not a good practice for us to do from year to year. Uh, we need to take some really hard looks at um, what are we capable of giving um, and what are we capable of uh, trimming in, in our expenditures. And so this past um, Monday night, the leadership team met and met with the intention of being able to approve uh, the finances and budget budgeting for 2024. Um, uh, but they were unable to do that. And the reason is because the amount that we've been able to calculate that we will take in for 2024 um, is significantly less than the amount that that um people that that people have said we need to be able to spend for 2024 um and that number is close to 90,000 which is a pretty large number i mean 50,000 was large and we passed that but 90,000 is really up there and there are two options and how do you balance that one is you cut spending or the other one is you increase giving i guess the third option is some manner of doing both at the same time. And that is what we are looking and hoping to do. Now the budget, the expenditures that we um that the fine that that the uh, leadership team was looking at were already slashed by thirty thousand dollars from what was um approved last year. Um, and part of that, so why is that gap still so big? Well, we also um, have gone down about almost 40,000 in our estimated giving. And that's coming from um, people who have chosen to leave the church, who have moved away from Yankton, who have passed away. Um, and, and I think, you know, in the last few years, we've, we've taken that hit a few times. Um, and again, that is coming from COVID reality, uh, where people just sort of faded away, but also from our denominational um, differences and people choosing after we gained clarity last year on where that our church would stay United Methodist um, and people choosing to leave and to join other churches and to bring their giving to other churches. Um, and again, we wish them the best and we hope that all of those people have found a church home and a church family and mission and ministry to plug into as they were such a blessing to us. We pray that they are a blessing wherever they have landed. But that creates a challenge for us because now we have less people um, and, <laughs> and we still have a budget that needs to be met. Um, and so they did not, they chose, the leadership team chose not to approve um, what was presented. Um, and, and in the month of December are really pursuing two different tracks simultaneously in order to try to uh, bring those numbers into more harmony. Uh, the first is to go back. Um, as I said, the budget has already been 
uh, combed through once, but combing through it again with any areas of um, maybe uh, places where where maybe we haven't been spending as much as what we've been projecting and and is it reasonable to be able to project a lower number for those line items um, and so I, even this morning uh, that is one of the things that I was doing was going through the line items that I have responsibility for and really uh, looking at what are we spending the money on is you know what is what is needed for next year in order to do that and then to adjust those numbers accordingly. So we do believe that we're going to be able to bring that number down a little bit more than what um, was presented this past week. Uh, so that's one side of it, but that's not going to make up the gap. And the big reason for that is the bulk of our budget, um, we already run a pretty lean budget. The bulk of our budget is coming from our staff expenditures and our staff wages in particular. Um, we are very blessed with incredible people, um, but that is um, where, where a lot of the money is going is to pay these people to help uh, make the mission and ministry of the church happen and organizing and facilitating and doing all of the behind the scenes work to make those things happen. And the leadership team and, and I as well feel incredibly strongly that um, our staff is a worthy investment and not something we're interested in cutting anytime soon. Um, I don't believe that that is the right choice for this church um, and neither did the leadership team. And so that leaves shaving some things off where we can in some various line item budgets. Some of the things that got brought up in the meeting that you're going to be seeing potentially here in the near future, and one that will begin this week, is we're going to begin passing the plates again um, uh, during worship. And so... Um, that's just something we hadn't brought back after COVID, uh, but we feel that that would maybe be a good thing to kind of, again, encourage giving, encourage generosity in the worship service, especially for those who are maybe newer, um, but also for all of us that that we are reminded that, that our giving is part of our worship of God. And so we're going to be bringing that back immediately. Uh, the next thing that we've been looking at um, are how are some of the ways that we can cut the costs on um, some of our office things. And so we are, uh, one of the things that might come back from, from the budget uh, review um, in order to lower our office supply budget is to maybe move away from sending out our newsletter to everybody every month, but to have that available um, via email and on our website um, with maybe a few copies here or there, but for the bulk to, to those mailings are very uh, cost costly for the church. Um, and especially if that's not something that is being utilized or could be utilized online, uh, we're looking at that possibility. We're looking at also the possibility of downsizing our bulletins on Sunday, because again, that's another cost of of printing them of the paper um, only to be, you know, used for one hour and recycled. Um, we're still talking about what might it look like to have a, a short announcement slip or prayer request or something like that. So we're, and we do already send out <clears throat> the full bulletin on Fridays in an email, and we have the full service on the screen during worship. And so, um, it's not as though you will not have access to that information. It's just where you might have access to that information might shift and change. But know that if those changes happen, partially they're coming, and, and I would say bulkly coming 
largely, largely coming from a budgetary standpoint and trying to be as faithful as we can in our stewardship. But keep in mind also, we have a newly inaugurated green team in our church, and this is another way that we can be more green and more um, mindful of our impact on the environment by um, lessening the amount of wasted paper that we have. Um, and so, again, that kind of falls in line with some values that we have as a church anyway. And so I think that might be something that we can be looking to in the future. Um, so just be aware of that. Um, <clears throat> Like I said, the main the main increase, the other big increase that happened uh, that we have really nothing that we can do about it is the cost of in, insuring our building went up significantly, like $6,000 this year, uh, because we got notice that our building was being underinsured. Um, and so the trustees and uh, in, in kind of realize in doing their research, realize that uh, this is cost that we just have to sort of swallow because even going to another company, which they might still do some more research on that in the coming year, um, it probably isn't going to change all that significantly. Um, that's just an increase in cost. Um, one of the positives is that our apportionment cost is going down. Um, at annual conference, um, apportionments were set for 2023 at 14%. In 2024, they will be at 13.5%, which means 13.5% of what we take in, uh, we we pass along um, to the greater United Methodist connection uh, to be used in ministry all around the world. And so that's exciting that that is a smaller percentage of and a smaller number than what it has been in the past. Um, and so those are some of the things that we're looking at to try to be faithful in our expenditures. Um, but the bigger piece of it is, is we need to raise our giving. Um, it, I know that, that um, things are, it can be really easy to, um, kind of just stay at the same level for a long time and be like, where I'm at is good enough. Um, what I give is what I can give. And for some, I know that you give at your capacity and I'm so grateful to you. Um, I think about when Jesus looks at the uh, people that are giving at the temple and the woman who gave beyond her capacity, like that's the one he lifted up, even though that amount wasn't very much. I know that there's many of you that you are giving at or more than what your your true capacity is often that you're giving sacrificially and i'm so grateful because um god blesses that and god honors that and 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 i'm truly humbled by that that you invest so much in the work that we do here but i also know that there are many who who have not um maybe recently really sat down and and asked what is it that god is uh, asking of me and at this point i'm going to tell you that the church needs needs your investment in order for us to continue to move forward and into god's future we need our people to invest in the ministry and mission here we need you to if you have not been someone who has pledged in the past um i think it's now more than ever critical that you start to make that um intentional practice happen, that you look to your budget for next year and what you um, what you're spending your money on and and are you making that investment in the church and in the children and the future of the church? One of the comments that we we made 
during the meeting was we are so grateful to the leadership and the people who were members of this church in years past, who were so faithful and generous and thinking about our future generations, because if they weren't, we wouldn't be where we are right now and able to be in such a good situation, uh, um, all things considered, I guess, um, where we are right now, where some of our deficits aren't hitting us so hard now. But if things do not change, they will hit us sooner rather than later, and we cannot keep going um, with the expenditures that we have and the way that we do ministry and worship now uh, into the future at the level of giving that we currently have. And so um, I do know that the leadership team is going to be coming before the congregation on the 17th um, to uh, make a plea. And so uh, you are getting a little sneak peek of, of this, that you know that this will be coming. Uh, and part of the reason I'm sharing this is to grease those wheels a little bit, that I know that uh, not the whole congregation is our faithful listeners to this podcast, but for those of you who are, I know that you have a heart and an investment in this church. And, and I'm asking you, um, even if you've already turned in your pledge card, what would it look like um, and what would it take for you to give three, four percent more than what you had already um, committed to? And if you've not turned in a pledge card, what would it look like? And what would you what would it take for you to invest in us, invest in this church? Because good things are happening. And I want to share a little bit about that, because I know for some of you, you look around and the church looks so different today than it did four years ago or five years ago or 10 years ago. And you might be thinking, why would I want to invest in a church that doesn't look like what it did um, 10 years ago? Well, because the world has changed and our church has changed and we are shifting to meet the needs of the people now. And I see incredible work being done. I've been here three and a half years and three and a half of the most difficult years of ministry, I think almost ever. And let me tell you that this church is doing incredible ministry, but it's not flashy. This is not going to be a flashy church. This is not going to be the hip, cool church with the light show and the electric guitars and and the, um, you know, young, cool pastor that writes books and things. That's not who I am, right? Um, but this church is going to be an authentic community. And this church is going to be a place where all people are welcome, all people, and that people can find healing and hope here, uh, that people can come and know that if they walk in the door, they're going to be treated and seen like a person and not like some number or some, uh, you know, tally mark on a belt of how many people can we get saved today? This is going to be a place where people can be open and ask questions and wrestle and doubt and come to find a real God and a real faith that pushes them out into the world to make a real difference in the world. And isn't that what we want is to have a purpose and to have hope that things can change because we look out into the world and know that things are so hard right now. And 
And the church can do something about that. And I believe that we, more than any other church in this community, are set up to make the difference, to welcome people in, to give them hope and, and true transformation in the power of God in their lives. And that this community is a community that can benefit so many in so many different ways. I truly believe that. I sit around this Last week, I sat with our United Methodist women and listened to their stories about things that mattered to them and the things that they had inherited from, from generations past. And I and the first thing I thought of was, I should not be the only young person here listening to this because it is such a blessing to me. And these women are incredible and have so much wisdom to offer and so much to offer people my age and younger, but yet we are... We, and, and I just, I want that to happen. And I believe that we have so much to offer. I already see work of healing from people who've been hurt by churches in the past who are finding a community through our church, through the things that we are doing. I see so many, you know, when I go around town and people say, you know, you know, where are you a pastor? And I say, you, the United Methodist Church, you guys are the doers. You guys are the ones. We are so grateful to you. You know, I, I visited this last week with the director of Habitat for Humanity, who just loves our church and, and the people of our church because of the commitment that we have to seeing and serving those who so many would rather not see and rather not serve. I've, I visited with the director of the contact center and how much this church has impacted the work that she does there in the ways in which we have been and our people have been so faithful to what they are doing. I get to hear those stories. The same when I visit with the director of the Domestic Violence Center. They love our church and they love the work that we're doing and how we support them and how we walk alongside them. Um, those are incredible witnesses to who we are and what we believe and what we are willing to do and who we are willing to serve and love and treat as a brother and sister in Christ. And I will tell you that is not happening everywhere. That is not happening when people walk into every church in this community, but it does happen here. And I, for that reason alone, want to invest more and more into this church. I will tell you that this year, uh, my family raised our giving up to the point where we were finally in a full tithe, which we had been working toward year after year after year. And it was a really big celebration for us to, to finally turn that in and know that we had made it. And then I went to the meeting and I heard what was happening and I went back and I said, can we do more? I love this church so much. I believe in its mission so deeply that I am willing to cut some things out if it means this can keep happening. So I'm asking you, do you love this church? Do you love the people of this church? Do you love the children of this church enough? to make sure that we can keep doing what we're doing in the years to come, that we can keep being a safe harbor and a light on a hill and a place of hope and healing <coughs> for all who walk through our doors.
If so, please reevaluate what you're giving and see, can you give 3% more, 4% more, 10% more? I am asking as someone who did just that. I would not ask it if I wasn't willing to do it too. Would you follow me in loving this church with all that you are? Because in loving what we do here, we are honoring God. If you would, please call the church. Let Lisa know you would like to change your pledge. And she would be happy to update that for you. Let me know. I'm so grateful. For each and every one of you. And I believe that this is something that we can do together. Now to add on top of that, not only do we need to look at our budget and deal with that, we also have the blessing of a beautiful church building that has some repairs that are needed. And one of those is the roof over the education wing and the roof over the office area where I'm currently sitting. Uh, this has been something that's been on the trustees radar for a long time and we've been and they had been seeking out bids and that process uh, took longer than uh, necessary on the end of the people we were seeking bids from. Um, but uh, leadership team made the choice that we have no choice but to fix our roofs as they are leaking whenever we have storms. Um, and especially as we look to the winter over the education building, that roof is a flat roof and it needs to be repitched and so that it can properly drain away the water. Um, and that cost is significant. We will be able to pull some from various memorials and bequests and reserves that we have to help pay that initial some of that initial cost um, but we also will need to ask you to help support that as well we haven't had a uh, true capital campaign there was supposed to be one that began in 2020 <laughs> you know the plans had been drawn up for that and then over with everything that happened, uh, the roof over the sanctuary got completed and a few other smaller of the projects got completed from that list, um, but the others did not. And so now we are dealing with them as they become critical. And so the roof is becoming a critical need now. And so um, when you hear from the leadership team, you will also be hearing the need uh, for those gifts as well. And I understand that the timing of that is not great, but we never, I mean, when you're in your home as well, uh, when 
when the needs are there, they're there. And it, they never ask, is this a good time to be a problem? They just are a problem. So uh, unfortunately, we face that in the church as well. And so I know I'm asking a lot. And I know that we are asking a lot. But I believe that it, it's doable. And it's doable if we all come together and invest in the future of this church. And by the church, I mean, yes, the building and the roof, but really in the people and the people who, who this is their home, this was their home, and this will be their home. I truly believe that God loves us and loves this place and loves this community and that God will provide a way but often God uses us to do that and so I would ask that if you've made it this far in the video please send this to the people in the church that you know that they may see it as well and that when we get to the 17th and the leadership team makes their plea um that it doesn't come as a surprise to anyone and that you're ready. You're ready with what is coming and you're ready to give. You're ready to be generous. You have made a plan and you can say, I will stand with this church. I will fight for this church and these people, and what we believe, and what we are willing to do, and the impact that we make. I will fight for that. I will give for that. I will invest in that. I believe in it, and I love it, and I am here. Thank you for taking the time to listen to me today. I promise you, this is an investment you will not regret. This is an investment that has eternal impacts. Just as the people who invested to make this church happen 160 some years ago, your investment today will mean that there is a future of this for this church 100 years ago again. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you.